0: Hey guys, happy Thursday. Welcome back to another episode of Kindest Regards. Thank you so much for tuning in as always. This week has been going by so quickly. I feel like I've completely lost the week, but so much is going on as per usual at this stage. We're now seven weeks out from the wedding. Last night, Thomas and I went and signed our like intention to marry kind of hilarious because the questions they ask you in those legal documents are like bizarre. Like, are you related? Are you currently already married? You're like, dear God, can you imagine if like this was the time that we found out about those? (laughs) Absolutely hectic, but we are on the home stretch. So lots of little things to do. Craziness, but so exciting. But today with the pod, I've got a bit of everything is always a couple of highly requested topics. The first one being sort of autumn winter wardrobe must haves. I'm just going to dive into what I think are my essentials for like the perfect autumn winter wardrobe. Noting obviously that in Australia, our winters are kind of docile and mild comparative to other parts of the world. So obviously it's going to be a little bit less heavy on you know the full-on winter gear, but I think autumn, winter, there are definitely some essentials that I have and some trends that I'm absolutely loving and some things I'm investing a little bit more in this year. So I'm going to chat through that. Then I'm well aware this is going to be a little bit of a niche for some people, but I asked on the pod Instagram last week who would be eager or keen for me to deep dive into my thoughts and feelings about the recent Vanderpump Rules drama. And to my delight and surprise, there are a lot of you out there that also watch that show and are absolutely shook by this week's drama. So I'm just going to do it but I was honestly there is enough to cover a whole episode but to spare the listeners that have no clue what I'm talking about I'm just going to break it down to a segment and cover the main plot points but feel free to skip that one if you have no idea what I'm talking about or I hope I can convince you with the gravity of the tea to go and start Vanderpump Rules from season one Then to wrap up, I'm just going to chat through another highly requested topic, which is some book recommendations, just some current latest reads that I've loved that I haven't talked about and that have nothing to do with like, I don't know, basic bitch books like Colleen Hoover and Bridgerton and romance novels, and some that are on my to read list, but that I haven't yet read. So stay tuned. Okay, so for starters, I will preface this with the fact that weather-wise, I am a summer spring girl. I do love autumn. There are beautiful moments in autumn that I just love. But historically, I'm not I'm not a winter girl. The the cold and I are just not super close friends, but I do think that winter fashion and colder weather fashion is so much more interesting and fun and chic and classy than summer looks across the board. I'm not saying that, you know, obviously summer has its moment and summer fashion can be fun, but I would say even girls like me that just aren't winter girlies can appreciate the fact that a winter wardrobe is impeccable and chic. I would say, as I said before, Australian winters just aren't nearly as harsh as other winters. So, I would say the investment in like really high quality, like thick coats is probably not necessary unless you're like going to a colder climate or you're, you know, going for ski season or something like that. I would say it's definitely not an essential, or at least you wouldn't be whipping them out very often. So, I would say I'm going to start at the top. I have never really been a huge jean wearer, but lately I've just, I've found a couple of pairs of jeans that have just been like they were made for me. And I would say that a winter staple is like a black suit pant and a black jean. I think that that is like forms the base of a lot of really chic, classic, timeless winter outfits. My suit pants. I have multiple, but I have one pair of like suit style pants from Glassons and another pair from Zara. And I think I've had them for like two or three seasons now already. I can obviously wear them in summer as well, depending on the timing. But I would just say that it is a staple in my winter sort of autumn wardrobe. The jeans that I've been loving, the black jeans that I I've definitely worn them in some of my OOTDs on my Instagram stories. So head to my OOTD highlight reel to see the ones I'm talking about. But like one of my most recent posts, I was wearing like an off the shoulder white cream jumper, which my mum just bought a beautiful bed and breakfast in Lura, which for listeners outside of Sydney or Australia, it's in the Blue Mountains, if you've ever heard of it. And it's a real fixer-upper, but very Bridgerton vibes. It's absolutely beautiful. And Lura and the Blue Mountains is just normally a lot colder than, you know, central Sydney. So I got to, you know, have a little bit of cooler weather OOTDs. So I wore it with that um, most recently, if you saw that. And these, they're sort of like, they're a darker jean, but they're washed a little. They have like a slightly washed look and they flare out at the bottom, but are really cinched around the waist. That's like my favorite type of jean. I'm not a low rise girly. I'm not a skinny jean girly. Just I'm pretty straighty 180 with my jeans. I like them higher waisted. I like them slightly flared or like a mum jean style. That's just my favorite style and it's definitely the most flattering on like my body type but I got them from H&M and I swear to you I ordered them online I didn't even try them on in store which is just you know with jeans I mean it's a risk it's a risk every time but I'm absolutely obsessed with them and I felt like after they fit perfectly from the jump but I felt like after a couple of wears, you know how it's kind of like certain pairs of shoes, like you kind of got to wear jeans in and I just, yeah, now they just fit me like a glove. They're perfect. I'm actually tempted to buy a couple of other pairs of H&M jeans just to like, now that I've had a success story, why not just go and blow the roof off and just buy a bunch of jeans from H&M. But Absolutely love them. So I would say my first autumn winter staple is a really good pair of black jeans and also kind of like a suit pant that's also black or maybe a dark gray as well would also be a good staple. I would say the next one is like loose jumpers. These can be, they don't have to be like boring. I also got a really beautiful like cashmere style v-neck jumper from H&M. It's like a camel color, a little bit oversized, beautiful. It feels amazing to touch like those really, really soft fabrics. I got that off the shoulder one recently that I mentioned before, the white one from Forever New. I always find Forever New is hit and miss with me because I feel like I have a feminine style, like I do, but I'm not that feminine. Like I I have feminine elements, but Forever New is like, it's like that level up of feminine. It's like a lot of lace, it's like a lot of, you know, like that very dainty fashion and that's just not. I, I don't think I'm quite there, but I do love like a beautiful structured dress or a beautiful blazer, or in this case, a really beautiful jumper. So I feel like Forever New can be a little hit and miss, but every time I go in there, I feel like I find like a piece or two where I'm like, I like that. But you kind of got to dig through a lot of like riffraff, or at least from my perspective. But I feel like that jumper is really beautiful. I like. My jumper's is slightly oversized because I really dig the French tuck, which is where you sort of put the front part into your pants, but let the rest of it kind of flow. And that way you can have like a belt moment. You can put a belt with it. You can have kind of a statement belt. Like I have a lot of belts, but I feel like the ones that I gravitate to most are just the really simple ones, like a black belt with gold detailing, a brown belt with gold detailing, a white belt with gold detailing. I got most of my belts from Um, I want to say I've gotten two belts from Zara that I am ride or die with, but I also thrifted my white belt with gold detailing. I get so many questions about that belt and I always feel bad having to say like I thrifted it, but I love thrift shopping i love vintage store shopping i love just going to op shops and seeing if i can find a gem i seem to have the best luck with like op shops and vintage shopping like my mom always says like where did you get that and i'll be like i found it in like a vinnie's or like a salvo's and she's just like i don't know how you do it but you find the best stuff in there and she says i think it's because you have the patience to sift and i actually think that that is so accurate I have so many people who say like, I just am not a good op shopper. I'm like, I think you rush through because the gems are kind of, you got to dig a little bit. But I do recommend it because I find with accessories particularly, like they just have the cutest stuff. So recommend if you haven't invested any time in vintage or op shopping, I really do recommend it because sometimes it's nice to just have a really unique, beautiful piece that you can wear over and over again. The next one for me is I've recently rekindled my love of ballet flats i'm a little obsessed i got a nude pair of ballet flats like sort of a creamy off nude and a black pair i love them they go with everything and they really are just a beautiful timeless chic piece to have in your wardrobe ballet flats aren't for everyone, kind of like in the last episode, I said like Birkenstocks aren't for everyone. They ain't for me, but ballet flats, they're for me. And I just, I I don't think I'm ever going to get sick of them. So investing in like a good leather pair, I feel like if you're like me and they're, you know, always going to be in fashion to you, I would recommend investing. I feel like they're a great autumn piece as well. And even like in winter, because as I said, we don't get like crazy, crazy cold days often. You can just put like those really sheer tights on where you don't even really notice that you're wearing them. And then you can put the ballet flats over it and it gives you like a little bit of extra warmth. The next one's an obvious one, but investing in good boots is never a bad idea. I have... I need, I have like a sort of a snake skin looking pair of black boots that I love that are like knee height. And I have a really beautiful pair of brown boots that are like mid calf, but I really need a plain pair of black boots. And I know it's kind of crazy that I don't have them, but I really want like a pointed toe pair of just like black boots i feel like my boots are all like tony bianco i got a really great pair from freelance like a few seasons ago that i've rotated out and love and just has really good mileage on them but i find tony bianco does beautiful beautiful boots so i'm thinking and they're quite like You know, classic. I don't think you you'll get at least a couple of seasons wear out of them. So I'm gonna have to invest in just a real classic one. I also wouldn't mind like a creamy colored boot. I'm just worried like I trash shoes, and I feel like with boots, you kind of want to have them for a little while. And I'm just worried with boots that I'm gonna, you know, that are cream or ivory or white. I'm just gonna nick and scuff them, and they're just gonna be wrecked after like three or four wears. But considering investing. I would say having like a couple of coats on rotation is good, but you don't need them to be like really, really heavy duty in this kind of climate. I would say just having like a camel coat, a black coat, and maybe potentially like I love a good houndstooth or something like that. That's just a little bit different, but I would say my most used coat is probably my trench coat. I don't think it's a secret that trenches are super in and you can get really, really affordable trenches quite literally anywhere, but I don't think you'll ever regret buying one. So a real autumn favorite for me would be a trench coat. Also no secret, I'm a cardigan girly. I love a good cardigan. I love a striped cardigan. I love like a slightly thicker one with like gold buttons, sucker for it very Parisian, very chic. I also love just to add a little bit of spice and like femininity and sort of togetherness to a cardigan or a blazer. I love a good brooch and I feel like they suit the winter autumn climate and a little bit of spring, but I wouldn't really whip out a brooch in summer very often. I feel like it's definitely a mid-season look. It just like makes it all put together. You can get like really beautiful vintage brooches on Etsy. You can get brooches pretty much anywhere but But, you know, if you want something a little bit different, I recommend maybe op shopping a brooch or going on Etsy and looking up brooches. The next thing is scarves, but I don't just mean like thick, actual, practical scarves. Also like neck scarves, kind of like the air hostess vibes. I wore one to work last week. I wore like a, like the David Jones houndstooth style, uh, neck scarf. I don't even think I took an OOTD this day, which is very unlike me, so I don't think anyone would have seen it but I just like tied it on the side I wore all black and it was sort of my only feature and I got a lot of compliments that day on like how beautiful the neck scarf was it was so simple but I think it can be a little bold and people do feel like a stewardess in them I think sometimes but I think it's a really beautiful classic French kind of vibe so if you haven't ventured into the neck scarf game I recommend it and obviously like some practical scarves. I know, you know, they're always a good staple in like autumn, winter. They can kind of make an outfit more interesting, like a colored scarf or like a checked scarf is beautiful. But yeah, a neck scarf, like a a thin kind of, you know, Hermes vibe neck scarf I love. I feel like they're my most popular, like kind of autumn, winter must-haves. But as I said, I would just try and kind of pick and choose because obviously Aussies don't need that crazy thick vibe, but I feel like now's the time to start looking for that kind of those winter pieces before they really push. And I know that if you buy from like American or European stores that are just coming out of winter and going into spring, they're having really good sales. So I recommend heading onto those websites to pick up some steals. Oh, you guys, there aren't words preface this segment. If you're not a Vanderpump Rules listener, please feel free to skip ahead. But if you are, join me on this journey. It has been a real week for Vanderpump Rules listeners. I was so tempted to do this segment or episode last week, and I didn't because I just felt like the drama was unfolding as the podcast kind of time came, and it just didn't feel quite right to touch on it yet. I still feel like it's almost like premature in the sense that it's still, there's still so much happening in the Vanderpump Rules universe, but I'm just going to start from the basics for people who like have watched the show and want me to dive in from like the jump, but also for people who have no idea what I'm talking about, but maybe want to tough out this segment regardless to hear about the tea. Vanderpump Rules is a TV show that's on like part of the Bravo universe. It started because A Real Housewife of Beverly Hills, Lisa Vanderpump, started a TV show about all of the servers that work in her restaurants in West Hollywood. They all work together, live together, date, sleep together, break up, very dramatic. The show since its inception has become incredibly popular and has gone on, for. it's now in its 10th season. So it's definitely arguably outside of The Housewives, the most successful Bravo show. I got introduced to it by my sister, I want to say five years ago, so probably around the fifth season, and then I've been watching it as it comes out season by season since then. The the love that I have for this show, it is absolutely my favorite reality TV show of all time with some of the housewives coming in at a close second. The family tree of this show is a little bit complicated, but two of the main people in this show is a guy named Tom Sandoval and a girl named Ariana Maddox, and they have been dating since pretty much season two of Vanderpump Rules. Since then, obviously, there have been ups and downs, but they've remained together the entire time amidst all kinds of ups and downs scandal-wise, but... Nothing crazy, just like little things here and there. Nothing compared to the other stars of Vanderpump Rules who have had massive scandals that have been related to like cheating, makeups, breakups, very tumultuous, very dramatic. I would say that Ariana and Tom were arguably, until now, the most stable couple in the show's sort of history. Tom owns and partially owns a bar called Tom Tom with Lisa Vanderpump and another guy on the show, Tom Schwartz. So they're like the Toms. They kind of come as a little bit of a friendship package deal. Tom, the other Tom, bear with me guys, this family tree is lucrative. The other Tom was married to a girl named Katie on the show. They are recently divorced in this season, but still retain a friendship. But Ariana and Tom, Katie and Tom, all very close and part of this friendship, Vanderpump universe. Then we've got another couple named James Kennedy, who is like a rogue kind of angry DJ (laughs) that's on the show who dated a girl named Raquel Levis for many seasons. They got engaged and in the last season at the reunion, they actually called off their engagement. Raquel had made her way into this friendship group, albeit in a difficult way. A lot of people thought she was a bit of a dum-dum and (laughs) didn't have a lot going on upstairs, but she did seem to create some genuine friendships in the group even after her and James ended their engagement. She still maintained a very close friendship with a lot of the women on the show, including Ariana. That is a very high-level, not detailed rundown of the family tree of not all the characters. When I say characters, they're obviously real people, but of the people in the Vanderpump Rules show. So the current drama is that Tom and Ariana, one of the stable couples of the show, have recently got themselves into a really terrible scandal. After Raquel and James broke up, Raquel and Ariana were incredibly close. That I've heard them mention on the show that they are like best friends or in that kind of realm of closeness. Tom, Ariana's partner, keeping in mind they own a home together, they have dogs together. Ariana never wanted to get married to anyone. So they're as good as married. And I think they've been together for over a decade. So you could see that as like under common law, they're married regardless. Tom had a seven month long affair with Raquel Levis, James' former fiance, who is also Ariana's very close best friend. It is like so traumatic. I can't even explain it. Obviously, it completely shook the whole cast because it's just crazy that this even happened. But it's so traumatizing for Ariana because obviously, like the person that you're closest to, you live with, you share a bed with, you have a life with, not only had a seven month long affair, but did it with your best friend like that would rock anyone's entire world and like equilibrium. But apart from that, it just completely shook this entire friendship group. So the craziness of it is, is obviously like in the current season, Raquel is like single and the other Tom is also single, Katie's ex-husband. And there's this whole storyline of trying to get the two of them together and, like, trying to get them to make out and, like, oh, this is so funny and cute and let's get them together. Knowing now that at the time, Raquel is sleeping with the other Tom. Like, it is mind-blowing. If you don't watch this show, I know that it may not seem like it's obviously crazy, but it might not seem like it's that crazy. But if you watch this show and you are in the drama, you know how, like, This is just next level. Like this kind of drama, this is like OG Vanderpump Rules drama. Like the earlier seasons when like people were really like screwing one another over and sleeping with other people's exes and partners. Like that felt like the OG real drama. This is like a callback to that level of dramatic. Watching this current season has been bizarre ever since finding this out there's only been one episode that it comes out every thursday evening there's only been one episode since this drama dropped andy cohen the executive producer of the show has come out and said we want to assure you that the producers and the EPs of the show are not going back and editing episodes with new footage. Like, because obviously, when you film a reality show, you film so much footage that never ends up on the show. And all the producers are going back and, like, you would think looking at the footage and seeing if there's anything that they might have missed, knowing that two of the cast members were actually like sleeping together and cheating on their basically wives and it, maybe they missed something because they weren't looking for it. Andy assures everyone that that's not taking place. But then some of the other cast members on their own podcasts have been like, I feel like that might be taking place, but which is totally fair enough. Like if that was me, I'd be like, let's like get in the weeds. Let's get all the footage back up. I want all the video. I want all the audio. I want to see if there's something that we just didn't see. And I want to go back and I want to slip it in. But it seems like that's not taking place and a lot of the drama is just unfolding knowing that this is also happening in the background as a viewer Obviously, with Real Housewives, Vanderpump Rules, all of the Bravo universe, they do reunions where they get the entire cast at the end of the season back together months and months and months after cameras are down to discuss the events of the season, rehash all the drama, have everyone's right of reply. Now, the reunions are my favorite part of any Bravo show. At the end, I just, I live for the reunions. This reunion hasn't been filmed yet. They are weeks out from filming the reunion one of the cast members apparently punched Raquel in the face never condone violence however if someone did this to me can't say they'd be safe I'd potentially punch them in the face out of pure frustration and anger she found out this other cast member Sheena found out Ariana's one of her best friends found out that Raquel had been sleeping with Tom for seven months and they were quite like literally together at the time freaked out punched her in the face don't condone it but understand it and apparently Raquel got a, I mean, there's photos like leaked from TMZ and stuff with her showing like a bit of a black eye. I'm not trying to downplay it. I just think Raquel's like an absolute snake and I don't know who could do this to their best friend and who could do this to any other human being. I just think she's trash, but if this happened, don't condone it. However, she has apparently like filed a restraining order against Sheena and they're not allowed to be within like a hundred meters of one another or something like that. So the detail of this reunion is going to be really hectic because obviously like having Raquel at this reunion is like crucial given the drama that's unfolded. Like, I don't know how you could do the reunion justice and not have Raquel there. If I was Raquel, I wouldn't want to be there. I don't want to have to defend myself through this shit. Like this is an absolute, absolute shitstorm. storm. But If you're going to do this and you're going to like open up your life to reality TV, now's the time to just cop it on the chin, try and explain your side of it, try and defend yourself. I don't know how that how Tom and Raquel are going to do that, but I have to like sit across from Ariana and look her dead in the eye and talk about like how this happened on national television. I mean, this is why I would never do reality TV, but... I think this reunion is going to be like the best reunion ever, but interested to see how it unfolds given Raquel and Sheena, there's a restraining order. So one of them may have to dial in via Zoom, kind of like they did the reunion during COVID, but fascinated to see how they do this one. I think that this is going to be the most epic season of Vanderpump Rules I think it's completely because you couldn't escape this drama on the for you page like the hashtag team Ariana was trending you had old OG cast members like Kristen and Stassi weighing in on their podcasts on you know you can't help but get sucked up into the drama even people that didn't watch Vanderpump Rules and have no idea about this show have seen it like all over their for you page and have like gone maybe I should start watching this show because the drama is just like injected itself into my life if you don't watch this show i i can't recommend it enough it is the best form of escapism on the planet it's hard to remember that this is like people's lives because i can't imagine if this happened to me and then i had to film their cameras were down when this scandal broke the whole season had been filmed they you know got cameras back up started filming back in confessionals back i, I like having to talk to one another about what happened all of the drama as it unfolded obviously as a viewer this is like the spiciest most epic drama that could possibly happen on a reality show but as human beings I really feel for them particularly Ariana I can't even imagine how you go through this on national television but safe to say tomorrow being Thursday there'll be another episode and Andy apparently said like you're gonna watch this episode and you're gonna think that we went back and edited it and we didn't so that's how hectic the drama is gonna be so Stay tuned, guys. If you don't watch it, go start season one. If you do, feel free to slide into my DMs anytime. I love an absolute bitch session about Vanderpump Rules. (laughs) Okay, something a little bit more mellow and tame to wrap up the pod is just a few book recommendations. I get a lot of questions about books that I'm reading, books that I recommend, so I'm just gonna list a couple that I've read recently. I feel like. I'm not going to touch on any books that I haven't already talked about. There are a lot of episodes that I've talked about different books that I love and have read. So the list isn't extensive just because obviously I'm not going to include any of those books, but I recently read a book and I'm going to butcher this because I'm not French, but it's like, la, Le art de Simplicité, (laughs) And I feel like it's just the art of simplicity and it's actually a French translation. So it's not, sometimes when you read it, it's a little bit like the English is slightly broken, but the book is beautiful it's just about like how to live life in a more simple minimalistic way which i love i'm in the process of decluttering my entire life in apartment and starting with like the linen cupboard in the kitchen and my wardrobe and i love a good declutter and i feel like this book is how to do that but with your entire life and it's also about like ritualizing certain things around self-care which I think is beautiful and something that as women particularly and even men but of course they should still have self-care but I'm just saying like as a woman I feel like sometimes it's really easy to put self-care on the back burner when you get busy you might have children you might you know work full-time study it's just easy to put self-care on the back burner but for people that are busy it's absolutely essential that you have self-care it's almost more important so I feel like it it does allow you to kind of have rituals around certain things. And I think that it's really beautiful. Haven't quite finished it yet, but so far I'm absolutely loving it. The next one is Victoria Divine's book on the money. This is an old read that I've actually read before, but I'm rereading because I think it has such good tips on finance and budgeting and how to save money and spend money, where to put your money. I know she has another book recently on investing. Like I don't know what it's called, but I've seen it pop up on my feed and I follow her and I think she's fantastic. So if you are looking to have a good book on like practical tips on how to manage your money and your finances, I'm by no means an expert. If anything, I am crap at doing that so i feel like out of anyone that needs that book it's me And as well, I think it's an interesting read when, you know, obviously I'm getting married and my finances are more blended than ever, but obviously you want to have your own money. He'll have his own money, but we do obviously blend finances 90%. So how to like work as a couple to save and also spend and how to manage your money. It's just a really, it's, it's just like good life skills. And I think that she makes it really, really digestible. So I love Victoria Divine. She also has a podcast on finance and budgeting and tips on all those things if you are interested. The next book that I'm reading, also haven't finished it, but halfway through, is Anna, the biography on Anna Wintour. I am absolutely loving it. I actually got it for Christmas and started it. And I didn't end up going back to it. And I can't really remember why. I think that I was like in the middle of another book and I just like got distracted and didn't want to start another one. I'm only a couple of chapters in, But I absolutely love it. I find the career of Anna Wintour absolutely fascinating. I didn't know a lot of her early life, particularly pre Vogue. I only had, you know, dragon lady images in my head because obviously the Devil Wears Prada character Miranda Priestley is loosely based off Anna Wintour as the editor of Vogue and it doesn't paint a particularly pretty or flattering picture of who she is as a human being. Obviously, It's a dramatized fictional version, but I can imagine that there may be aspects that are true and I don't think she even rebutted it too much, which is kind of scary considering how demon-like that woman is in The Devil Wears Prada, but I found it really interesting and I think that regardless of your thoughts and feelings on her as a person, like what she's achieved in her career and the impact and the mark that she's made on the fashion industry is undeniable and a woman getting to those heights in any industry and the barriers that they face and the hurdles and the obstacles and all the rejection it's fascinating to read how people overcome those kinds of you know throughout their journey and how they get to where they got and any sort of stories and life lessons that come along with that so i am actually really enjoying the book and obviously I love fashion. I love everything about it. And I feel like it's just a combination of a lot of the things that I love. Um, Haven't read these books, but they are on my list. So I wanted to touch... A few of them, which is A Court of Thorns and Roses. My friend actually recommended this to me and I feel like my phone heard it. And now on TikTok, I get a lot of recommendations for this book. I think it's actually like a fantasy romance book and I kind of dig that. I've been very into the romance novels of late. I love them. I just love a sappy book. I don't think this is that. I think it's a little bit more gritty and fantasy-like. And I do love a good fantasy. I just tend not to stray down that genre too often. But I think A Court of Thorns and Roses is a book in a a trilogy or a series. So I've seen that pop up a lot. And I feel like I need to read it just to satisfy my curiosity. Obviously, can't recommend it because I haven't read it. And the second one I haven't read that I've seen everywhere is Daisy Jones and the Six. And I think that I've seen it more because I think they've made it into a TV show. haven't watched it, obviously, and I like to read books before I watch things. So I'm definitely going to invest in that because... I have heard good things about the show and I want to read the book first. I also got a couple of questions over the last few weeks in the Kindest Regards pod stories asking if I've read Spare by Prince Harry. I haven't. I don't want to. Anything in that book that is remotely interesting, spicy, or salacious has been put in the news. There's nothing else to be gained. I don't really care about what's in that book. I know it's harsh, but I've heard it all. It's there's nothing. There's nothing else. There's nothing else to know. I feel like me reading that book, there is absolutely nothing to be gained. So I might do the book recommendation segment a little bit more often because I'm a big reader and I go through a lot of them and I love sharing and hearing other people's book recommendations. So I will make this a little bit more of a feature. That's all for this week's pod. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope I was able to touch on a couple of very highly requested topics. These three topics have been in the inbox most weeks in the last couple of weeks. So I hope that it has been useful or helpful or interesting for you guys. As always, feel free to message me on my Instagram, Katherine Ray Robinson, or the podcast Instagram, Kindest Regards i love chatting with you guys and some of the messages that i've been getting from you guys lately have actually like been really touching i feel like i've I've had a few messages from people saying that they've like started studying law because i inspired them to do that and that just i'm never going to get used to messages like that i just feel like that is the most touching most beautiful thing in the whole wide world so i love giving you guys any advice or tips or anecdotal recommendations. I love doing that. So please don't be shy. Feel free to message me whenever. And I try to get back to as many of you as possible. So stay tuned for next week. And I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week.